is Malfi B. Welcome back to the Fuck What They Say podcast, episode six. We're going to dive into a few topics today because I have a lot of things on my mind, but overcoming the fear of being seen, what diversity even means, and letting yourself relax, learning to relax. Because all of these things weigh heavily on me or have been things that I've experienced. And I really just hope that Anyone that listens to this, I hope something makes you feel less alone. Like that's really the goal of this. That's the purpose of this. It's like, this is an outlet for me expressing myself. And I also just hope that with my experiences and what I've learned, someone can connect with it and feel slightly less alone with what they're going through. So if that's you, amazing, welcome. So first and foremost, the fear of being seen is something that has affected me for so long. Like I always, I always dimmed my light. I always made myself smaller. I always felt like I should be behind the scenes and that I was meant to be a behind the scenes person that kind of like was shining the light on everybody else and helped everybody else recognize their value, but was never seeing my own value. And me being an artist and designer, among other things, was something that I really could not, I couldn't accept or understand that I'm meant to be an artist that's like my core is an artist and I just kept kind of like pushing it off pushing it off and like I would literally have my clothes I had my clothes in a boutique in New York City and still couldn't call myself a designer like I had my clothes in two boutiques in New York City and was still uncomfortable with calling myself a designer and I know last week was on imposter syndrome so if you didn't listen to that episode that a lot of this is covered in that but I mean, this is something that I think is kind of like, like one of my biggest internal struggles has been overcoming the fear of being seen. And with that, it's about me showing up authentically. And like, you can't be dimming parts of yourself if you want to show up authentically. So me being an artist is the core of my identity. Like everything I touch is like me touching it as an artist. And I really tried to like separate myself from that side of me. It was like my secret thing that I did. Like I actually got coffee with someone I haven't seen in a few years. And I had to say to him like, Oh, I'm actually an artist. I'm an artist too. Cause for so long I was behind the scenes, managing artists, representing creatives, doing all the things behind the scenes. Well, no one knew they knew me as the business person. They knew me as a person that when it came to negotiating and it came to money and actually making the, the deal happen, you got to come to me. So I really felt that And I really did listen. It was too much noise from the outside world telling me that you can't be the business and the creative. And I listened to it. I was like, oh, you're right. So I'm going to like keep my like passion and creativity. Like we're going to like just keep that. We're going to keep that over here where only the people closest to me will will know about. (laughs) Shout out to my uh, roommate in New York City where I literally turned our apartment into an art gallery without her permission. I don't know why I didn't ask her permission. I'm sorry, but my inner artist just exploded in my New York City apartment. And that's actually where I learned to spray paint in New York City. Uh, I made two friends that were street artists and one really just, I don't remember how or why he put a can of spray paint in my hand, but the rest is history. That was, I think that was six, seven years ago. And as soon as I found spray painting, I was like, this is my motherfucking medium. I love this. This is so therapeutic for me. And I just like the the sound and the way like you can just direct it with your hand just is very liberating for me. So 
yeah, being afraid to be seen for all that you are and who that you are at your core is something that I feel like it's a it's an ever ongoing, almost like an existential crisis in which, and it's also like you're always, but I think that, I think that we're always, we're always, or if you want, if you're a person that wants to be always continuously growing and evolving, it's like then getting comfortable with those new parts of yourself that were possibly, you were possibly hiding or like hadn't even taken a look at yourself, being comfortable with those becoming visible too. And it's just like being comfortable with the fact that you're always going to be growing, evolving, changing, but always just like standing true in who you are, no matter what. And I think there's like such a delicate art of that when it comes to showing yourself on social media and like, it is a weird, we're living in it's like a weird existence in which like our digital identities, we're almost showing up digitally more than we are in real life, which is like slightly terrifying to me. Yet, I mean, I will say like the digital space inspires me endlessly, like it inspires creativity a lot, but you need to have like healthy boundaries with it. And when I find myself being chronically online, it's like, okay, like go like put your feet in the sand and feel the ocean, smell a fucking flower, like get your ass outside. There are so many things to experience outside of your phone and your computer and TikTok and the internet. So it's like, there's so many amazing things, but you, we have to remember that the real world exists. The real world exists and there are opportunities and people to meet and experiences to be had that require you to put your phone away. So I think that being comfortable you have to learn how to be comfortable showing up authentically in real life before you can do it digitally. And even if you can do it in real life, doing it digitally is so hard because you have this pressure of wanting to be on brand. And it's like, especially if you are a creator with a platform or artist with a platform that people know you for one thing. So you get afraid of exiting your niche and expanding outside of your niche. It's because we're just so, we're so wrapped up in engagement. We're so wrapped up in likes. We we're doing it, we're doing it for the applause. Like we're doing it for the applause, we're doing it for the gratification. And when that becomes your main motive, you really do lose sight of why you are creating in the first place. And I think that like you really, and I, this is probably something that Rick Rubin or Gary Vee, I know one of them has spoken on this week or not this week, but Rick Rubin in his book and Gary probably this week on the internet um, about, Letting yourself, shit, I just lost my, completely lost my train of thought. Um, what was I saying? Letting yourself, and I don't edit this, so this is me. Like, sometimes we lose our trains of thoughts. And it was a good one because it was involving Rick Rubin and Gary Vee. We, oh, that when you're creating, okay, it's definitely Rick Rubin. When you're creating for an audience, that's where you, the, the art goes to die when you're creating for an audience. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I'm making it my own. I'm, 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 I took what he said and I'm interpreting it my own way. You have to create for you. You have to be creating for you and it needs to be like just coming from a place of, even if it is like you overthinking your, like how you're showing up on the internet or even overthinking your like, your real life relationships and then putting that, that feeling of overthinking and existential dread, which I feel like I experience existential like crises frequently. Um, I'm always just kind of wondering like, what, what is the meaning of all of this? And like, I want to make meaning out of everything, but sometimes I think the meaning is that there doesn't have to be a meaning to everything. Like things just 
you're meant to just experience and have have moments, have present moments, and that doesn't have to mean much. It could be me like having sipping coffee, petting my dog, and that's like the best part of my day. Um, but that when you're afraid to be seen, it's something that I just think it hinders you from from living your your life in the way that you really want to. And like we often just feel like, oh, like that kind of shit doesn't happen to me. Like I wasn't cut out for this. Like for the longest time, I was really unhappy. I was a miserable person. And I thought that was like meant to be my existence. And I remember my mom telling me that like I was the happiest kid. Like I came, I was born happy. I was born happy and then, then life happened and I got depressed, I got anxious. And these things like my unhealthy thought patterns and coping mechanisms took over my existence to the point that it like drowned out my inner being that like is a happy person. And I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm happy all the time now, but I committed to working through those layers of dark shit that I definitely like peeled back a lot of the layers and tossed out some of them, but there are still some left that like the, the only way you can move through them, you have to grow through things. You have to grow through things and that is go through things to grow through things. You can't, it, you can't rush it. Like there's probably, there's certain layers that I haven't even uncovered yet that I don't even know exist that still need to be peeled back. So that kind of goes back to like showing up authentically and like, you need to have this like core, like just to have that mindset of like, okay, I'm always growing and I'm changing, but showing up authentically means being who, who I am in this exact moment. And who I am in this exact moment is someone that has overcome. I had to fight through my fear of being seen in person as well as online. And I remember I posted my first TikTok in 2019 and like, I wish that I was ready to be seen then. I was so not ready to be seen. I posted two times, deleted those videos like shortly after getting like some views and likes. I was like, no, we're not doing this. I'm not meant for this. I'm meant to have everybody else do this, but I'm not gonna be doing this. And I did not post again until 2022. It's like, I think it was the very, the right after the, like right into the new year, I was like, I'm, I'm committed to posting on TikTok and reels every single day. Well, maybe not reels as much at that time. But I was like, I'm committed to posting on TikTok every single day. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to make myself do it. And I also always was really scared to talk to the camera. Like, I always had a desire to be talking to the camera or like talking to an audience. I could do public speaking, but for some reason, when the camera came on, I would get really nervous. I was a really competitive gymnast, and I would tell my dad, you cannot, he'd want to bring his um like digital camera, whatever it's called, camcorder. Uh, to record me competing and I was like and now I'm like damn I wish I let him do that because there's no footage of me in my actual element there's me at practice but there's none of me at the actual competition and I'm like damn I was good I wish I could see that something I like footage I wish I had but I was so afraid it was like I was already performing and if I knew that there was like an extra element of like the camera being involved it like just stressed me out way too much and I remember feeling that in college too, there was a project where, um, it was my public speaking class and we were doing a project in which I, we all need to be on camera and I was so fucking terrified yet. I was like, you know what? Yeah. Like I, I think I hosted it. I don't even remember what it was, but I remember like, like doing like interviews in the library. Like I like walked around and like interviewed people in the library. Um, 
But I remember like, like basically I'm like shitting my pants before I get on the camera. I'll stand, I like remember being like, oh. I even still, I have to take like big deep breaths before I do it. And like, I don't, I'm not editing this, but I will like, well, occasionally I'll start it and being like, my mind will go blank and then I'll be like, start again. Or if I'm filming a TikTok and I like have a message I want to share, sometimes I have to like start and stop again, start again, start again. And I mean, that also is tied into perfectionism, which is something that I'm a Virgo and I feel like perfectionism just kind of comes, that's kind of like the birthright of being a Virgo. But so many people, we all, we all have our inner critic that was told we're not good enough. So we carry that for a very fucking long time until we reprogram our subconscious mind and thoughts. And it's really like our thoughts create our reality. So you need, it's like deeper rewiring than, than I realized. Like we kind of think that we can just like do positive affirmations, talk to ourselves nicely and like change is going to happen. And like, yeah, that's definitely part of it, but it's like, you actually have to confront the like deeper, darker, negative thoughts and like, that are like buried deep within you and let them come out, bring them to the surface to then be able to move, move forward. And as something my friend taught me, um, I feel like I really like finally, this finally clicked in my brain. Um, my friend Jordan, she's an um, amazing manifestation coach and I was listening into one of her sessions and um, for her courses and it, it registered in my brain. I'm like, oh, you need to like, I can identify my, my self-doubt and like thoughts in my mind that are like holding me back, but I wasn't letting myself feel it. And then so you have to feel it and shout out to Jordan. I'm literally teaching Jordan's teachings right now, which I'm sure she's learned from other people too, but it's a call your, your own teachings. What you share is a culminations of things you've learned from other people and then what you learn from your own experiences. So you have to identify what the, the self-doubt is and like put it into words. Like, okay, like for me, it could be feeling like I'm not talented enough. I'm not, I'm not talented enough of an artist to even call myself an artist. Who's going to want to buy my art? Like I'm not, I'm not that special. Why do I think I'm that special? So like those kind of doubts. So you have to identify it and like say it, feel it, and then challenge it and be like, hold up. No, I am, I am talented. I'm definitely talented enough. There is an audience that is going to absolutely love my art and I'm ready to, I'm ready to be selling all of my art. My art, I'm valuable, I know my value, and like that, you have to, you have to like do that kind of work, and I think that we look at inner healing work as something that like, no one tells you that inner healing work is hard as fuck. Like, you have to be willing to face the parts of yourself that like, it hurts to look at. It hurts to look at because you are imperfect, and there are parts of you that are like cringe and not something that like you publicly want to share. Like my OCD and my, just like my self doubt and like the way that I like have viewed my body for so long. And it's like all these things that I'm actively working on, like reprogramming and just like seeing myself the way my, my biggest champions in life see me is something that like I strive to do. Cause there are so many amazing people that are either still in my life or have crossed my path that like, have made me feel so seen and valued. And it's like, however they look at me is how I should be viewing myself. So like you need to start viewing yourself and talking to yourself the way that like your biggest champions in life do. And if you don't have that person, then be that person for yourself 
Because if you can start giving that to yourself, I can guarantee you're going to make so much impact on the people around you that like when we, and I hate, I like don't like to be so cliche because it's like, I feel like sometimes I say things that I used to be like so against using any buzzwords, using any of the trending things. Cause I just, you know what? I'm a fucking trendsetter. I don't, I don't follow the trends. I make the trends. So I don't like, but then it's like, sometimes I get too attached to that. Like I'm not, I'm not too cool for like what it, the, these words that uh, mean something to me. These words mean something to me. Um, so yeah, you have to basically when you, so I'm going to go into my little cliche spiel. Loving and loving yourself. It's also like we all have our own definitions of love and what love means. But to me, it's about acceptance and seeing the light and the dark and understanding that you're always a work in progress. You're never done and you can always, but, but not, not looking at that. Like I used to think like, oh, that means I'm like, if, if I'm a work in progress and I'm not done, that means I'm not good enough right now, but that's not what it means at all. It means like truly embracing like where you are right now is incredible, but where you are right now is not where you're always going to be. But if you can like have gratitude and appreciation for where you are right now, things are only going to get better from here. And when you can give yourself that like warmth, acceptance, love, gratitude, then you can extend that to everyone around you, whether it's a stranger, the person working at the front desk at your gym, the barista, or just anyone, anyone that might need it. And I think that we really need that in the world right now. I think that, I guess this is a good segue into diversity and we're just all human at the end of the day. Well, I guess we got some aliens up in here too, but when, <laughs> when it comes to being a human being, we all have this innate desire to feel seen, heard and valued. And like, that's what makes us like that can fill our hearts and just there's no reason we should all, so many people should be suffering the majority of the time when like collectively, I think we can uplift one another. And that's really like, when it comes to diversity in media representation, I think that is something, as I said earlier, that we spend so much of our time in digital worlds that representation, brand representation of diverse human beings is so fucking important because everybody really deserves to feel seen. And when you, and it's like representation, just like putting, say like putting a disabled person in an ad is not enough. You need to let that disabled person shine fully and their disability is a part of their identity. We all have very intersectional identities. So when you're only working with someone, you're like, oh, this, well, I'm gonna work with this, this disabled person and it's gonna just like, I'm going to tell them exactly what they need to do. And it's just going to, we're pretty much like, it's obvious we're only working with this person because they're a disabled person. And we don't actually care like what they have to say and what they're passionate about. We, we're just going to like check the box, which like, listen, I'm still happy when brands do something like some representation is better than no representation, but I want, what I want to shift is why understanding why diverse representation is so important. So we reframe we, we reframe how we approach diversity so that it can be done authentically. So when a disabled person sees that ad, they're not like, just like, Ooh, like, look at it. It's another disabled person. Like I feel seen like it. Yeah. That's cool. That's part of it, but it's just, it, it's going to connect with, maybe it's connecting with a non-disabled person that is, is like, 
I don't know, struggling with something that they're like, you're, you don't need to be confined to your diversity box that we always have had to check. You have to check it on your SATs. You're constant. We're constantly having to identify, Oh, are you like, what's your gender? What's your sexuality, your religion, your race? We're constantly having to identify that. And that's like this data centric approach that so many creative agencies and just companies are, are doing. It's like, it's so limiting. We are so much more than the diversity box that we check or do not check. I don't get to check that many diversity boxes. I am a white heterosexual woman. Like what diversity boxes am I really checking there? Not that many. And I think that's part of the reason why I'm like, okay, I recognize that like, I don't, I haven't had to go through that much struggle in terms of my, like how I was just born, how I was just born. Like I have my mental health struggles. My life hasn't been super easy and perfect and it's never going to be, but I will never know what it's like to be othered based on my skin color, to be othered based on anything, anything that I didn't choose, that I didn't choose. And I think that it's so, it's so important that we let people, that we make the space for people to just be, to be themselves and to, to see themselves in media representation so that they can feel so they don't feel like, like they're fucked up. Like they don't belong. Like there's no reason why anyone should feel like they don't belong. And obviously there's so much work that we need to do because there's so much hate, like hate perpetuating hate everywhere you go. Hate, hate online, hate, hate on TikTok, hate in the comments. There's just hateful people, but that's because they're taught that they like loving. You can't love yourself. Like you're, you're not, they're not given the tools to love themselves. Like they were raised in environments in which like, hate hate is hate is just the the common common ground hate is normal hate is you know, like their parents their parent that's what their parents were taught so until we can break the cycle of hating ourselves like it does have to start within like you have to like embrace who you are to create the space for other people to feel safe being themselves as well and I guess my lear learning to relax uh, topic, we'll just we'll do that one really briefly and maybe I'll go into this on another episode. Um, but relax relaxation is something that like I definitely have subscribed to hustle culture for so long. Like I, I'm always called a hustler. Like, and I used to think that was such a great thing. Like everyone's always like, Michaela hustles, multi P hustles. And like, I'm done fucking hustling. I'm done hustling. You know why? Because it's exhausting to keep my body in a perpetual state of fight or flight. Like when I used to work in the corporate world, I would wake up like having a panic attack. Like I would just pretty much have panic attacks throughout the entire day. And like that was my state of being that I thought was normal because everything felt like an emergency at all times when it's like I worked in the music industry. Nobody was dying. Like I was not doing open heart surgery. It was the music industry. Like it's not... I think that we feel like we take everything so seriously. So, and like we're taught that relaxing is not productive, but really like I've had to learn that letting myself relax is actually the most productive thing that I can do for myself. Because if I don't re reset myself energetically and like take time for myself, then I cannot show up for the people that need me. And I can't even, I can't show up for myself. If you can't show up for yourself, how can you show up for anybody else? And I know not everybody wants to be showing up for everybody, but everybody else. Cause sometimes when you are in like 
such a perpetual state of like unhappiness and just like not feeling good about yourself like you struggle to even exist as a person so like the idea of showing up with other people is just like so far out of the realm of existence um which i definitely have been there i'll never forget how triggered i used to get when i would hear pharrell's song happy i would be like fuck this fucking song i never want to hear this fucking song again like there's no way anybody feels like this like who feels like this i'm like this is a bunch of bullshit fuck this song pharrell fuck that song and then I think it must have been a year ago that I heard that song and I finally was like, yes, I love this song. This makes me feel so good. Like I was so unhappy that hearing that song triggered me to the point of like, what, how, who the fuck is happy? Like, what does that even mean? And I'm not happy all the time. No, that would be a goddamn lie. Like I definitely have existential crises. I struggle with my mental health. But I've gotten to a place in which I am comfortable being seen. I accept all the parts of myself that I have brought to the surface. There are probably more parts that I need to, I know I'm going to be discovering. And I have taken the time. I've let myself take the time to re reset. And that's not a bad thing. That's the best thing that you can do for yourself to be able to show up for you. And at the end of the day, showing up for you is the number one thing you can do. Because when you can show up for you, you help make the world a more safe, more comfortable, more joyful, and just world where everyone can feel seen and valued. Like that's really like, I believe that that's my purpose. That I am here to make everybody feel seen, heard, and valued. And hey, if it starts with one person, I'm living in my purpose.